Hello and welcome. This is Camille Brooks. I love to help people discover how they can find more joy and peace in their personal lives, marriage, and family, and help them discover that their sorrows can bring out the glory within them. Today's podcast is from the series, Seeing God's Hand, interviews that answer the question, How have you seen the hand of God? Welcome to our podcast, Is a Disability a Curse or a Blessing? I'm pleased to have as our guest, Colton Purcell. As you listen today, see if there's a name that comes into your mind of someone who might need this message. I'm going to let Colton introduce himself. Colton, we are so glad you're with us today. Tell us about yourself. Well, um, I have a rare type of dwarfism called metatrophic dysplasia, which affects my height, my ability to extend my arms, and also limits my ability to walk. Um, I recently graduated from Snow College with my Bachelor of Music and with an emphasis in commercial music degree. And I currently teach private piano lessons from my home in Mapleton. What has been the hardest thing about this rare type of dwarfism? I know many people see trials as being more of a curse than a blessing. Where with time for me, I have come to see it more um, very differently than most people do. Because, well, being born with it, I haven't known anything else, you know? And like most forms of dwarfism. I don't know if you've seen other little people. This, just like anything else, affects my height. So I'm a bit shorter than everybody else. And and it also, at birth, it also came with what I call a myriad of other symptoms, such as extending my arms to full capacity, and I can't raise them above my head. And it also included a form of arthritis. So that means I get pain in the joints just due to a lack of cartilage between them. So I get a lot of pain in between there sometimes. I'm really lucky, actually. It's very mild, so I don't get much pain to the point where I can't operate. And that also gave me a form of scoliosis and kyphosis, which the kyphosis bends my spine to the side and the scoliosis bends it forward. I don't know if I'm actually reversing that, but... (laughs) Um, basically those two do that, have that kind of effect on me. So it's not that, it's not that fun for most part, but I've looked at it differently just because I haven't known anything else, you know. I can't even imagine how hard that must be. (laughs) You have a lot of courage to face each day. It's not easy to be in pain every day. It's something I do every day, so I don't know anything else, so... So did you have a lot of surgeries, and what was that like for you? Well, surprisingly, not that many surgeries. I had one neck surgery, which is a C1, C2 fusion. When when I was born, my neck was very fragile. Like, it was to the point where if my dad would put the brakes on the car when I was in it, my neck would snap. Wow. And so we had to do a C1, C2 fusion. And after that... Um, it was a couple of knee surgeries. Well, tell us what a day looks like for you. How, what can you do and what can you not do? Well, there's actually a lot I can do as long as it's at my eye level, which 
I'm very lucky to have parents who understand the disability so well. They have adapted much of the house to my needs. So they're like, oh yeah, he needs to be able to take care of himself. So they leave my breakfast down low. They make sure that I can make it around the house okay. Which, for the most part, I can make it around okay on any kind of terrain. Which is really weird, but... That's great. <laughs> yeah, they... Um, I can do a lot, actually, because for a day like... A day like mine usually involves me waking up, working out, and after working out, I get ready for the day. And during the school year, that involves me teaching piano students, actually. So I have piano students come by and take lessons from me. Actually, I practice before they come, so... And that usually involves me doing that for several hours a day, so... Two or three hours a day, I practice piano before they come by. Wow, that is great. It sounds like you have a great attitude and that you live each day to the fullest and fill it with great things. Tell us about your childhood. What was it like to go to school and to make friends? I didn't actually go to public school when I was younger. My mom homeschooled me, so this was because my dad was in the Air Force. We were moving around a lot, and me and my little brother didn't get much social interaction with other kids for the most part. I mean, we did... When we, because my mom would actually force us to go outside usually. She'd be like, you play outside for a little bit, then come in, you know? And so she had us go outside to socialize with the other kids around the neighborhood. But that was about it. We actually didn't go to a public school. So we were able to make friends that I still keep in touch with now. So were children unkind when you were little, or how did they respond to your disability? For the most part, they were actually really nice. They responded very kindly because they understood they just didn't know what to do with me. And they were probably, I don't know what was going through their heads, but through my head, I've been like, I don't know what to do with this. But then again, I don't know what to do with anything else. So, um, I, so I'm going to ask, so they asked me a lot of questions about it. And surprisingly, I understood a lot from my age back then. Good. <laughs> and I, and that was just because I was repeating back what my parents said, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad that people responded for the most part in kindness. They did. I think it's because of your personality. <laughs> you just radiate, and that's why I wanted you to do this podcast with me, <laughs> is because you just have a beautiful spirit, oh, and you. you fall in love with your spirit immediately. You just <laughs> want to be around you because oh, you. you're so kind and happy, cheerful, positive. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> well, I can understand a little bit about disabilities. Mm-hmm. I had a few little tiny handicaps in my life. I mean, nothing mm-hmm. major, of course, yeah. but I had um, sweaty hands that yeah. they, I just leave a puddle. Like if I speak at a pulpit, I just leave a puddle of water. Oh, wow. And <laughs> if I don't have a hanky, and I put my hands in my lap, I leave a, you know, a big wet spot in the middle oh, of my gosh. lap. Or I, if I put my hands on the side, I'd leave a big wet spot on someone's <laughs> couch, you know? Oh, wow. And it's so, it's just been an embarrassing thing. And I when know. I shake hands with people, you know, my oh, hands yeah. are just sopping wet. And For you sure. can just see in their eyes, they're just like, ah! 
Yeah, I get that. <laughs> they don't know what to do with it, you know? Yeah, and sure. so it's caused a lot of embarrassment. And then I have dyslexia. Oh, wow. And so I really struggled with the English language. I have extremely poor sloppy handwriting, and I'm a very poor speller. <laughs> and I've received a lot of criticism about it over the years. And, you know, one time when I was a teenager, I was feeling kind of down on myself and like, I, I'm never going to date. I'm never going to get married. They'll hold my hand and they'll never want to go on a date with me. And and I'm just so dumb. You know, my dyslexia made me feel so dumb. And they didn't mm-hmm. have help in those days like they do today. I'm so oh, glad. Yeah. There's so many programs and so <laughs> much help today. Yeah, there but is. there wasn't in my day. Okay. And, um, but anyway, I was complaining to my sister. I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And she just said, well, you've got long eyelashes. <laughs> and I, I wanted to say, what? Who cares about long eyelashes? I mean, these are problems I have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And she sat me down and mm-hmm. put mascara on my eyelashes and served wow. me. And as she served me, my heart softened. And I realized that the Lord was trying to give me a message through her. Oh, wow. And that I needed to look for the good in every circumstance and look for what God yeah. had given me yeah. instead of looking at what I lacked. Oh, yeah. You know? Sure. And as I did that, I found that the Lord had given me compensating blessings. Sure. For example, with my dyslexia, maybe I can't write and I'm not skilled with English language, yeah. but the Lord's given me a heart. Mm-hmm. And that I could learn to write from my heart and mm-hmm. speak from my heart. Oh, yeah. And my husband, he fell in love with my heart yeah. and could care less about my wet <laughs> hands, right? Yeah. So the Lord gives us compensating blessings mm-hmm. if we look for it. Have you seen that, Colton? Oh. Have you seen him giving you compensating blessings? Well, quite a few, actually. I mean, I could count music as one of those. But honestly, that is a big part of my life. I've made it a career. You know, it is a compensating blessing to have that in my life. But there are a lot of other things, too. Like, I have a family who wanted to raise me despite the difficulties. Because a lot of babies born with dwarfism actually go into the system. Really? Because, well, um, babies in China born with this disability are not given the kind of care they need if they are in the na- in that nation. Oh. And a lot of ba- a lot of parents aren't prepared to do this, especially if it's their first kid. And that is the description of what I was born into actually. I was the first child in my family, so my mom and dad wanted to figure out how to do this. And I actually learned just recently after I got out of college, my parents revealed something that one of the doctors they had actually suggested that they put me up for adoption. Oh my goodness, really? They're, well, it's their job to prepare the parents for the worst, so. Wow. No, oh. The only reason I know this is because my dad's a physical therapist, so. Wow. Yeah, yeah, they told him to, they asked him if they wanted to put me up for adoption, and they were like, no, we're going to raise him. <laughs> oh, well, they, you... You have a beautiful family. They're amazing. And I think that that has been a compensating blessing that God has given you. It's an amazing family. And that's something I love about your family is that there is so much love there. 
There is. And they have grown from this disability, Mm -hmm. and you have grown. You've helped each other. It's been a blessing to all of you, hasn't it? It really has. It's brought us together more than apart. That is so neat. And that's a compliment to all of you, you know, because it's been a choice. Yep. (laughs) Right? A lot of people would look at these conditions as a curse. Do you? Not really, actually. Being born with this has kind of given me a different outlook on it, you know? I've known plenty of guys that were given stuff like this to them a little later in their lives. Like, I knew it it was... I'm going to use just one example. My roommate, my one of my last roommates in college was a guy from the Middle East, actually. His name was Abdul, and he had no arms. And I thought he was born with it at first, and I got talking to him. He's like, I was, it wasn't always this way. He actually had arms when he was younger, and he lost them in an accident. Oh. So he had to adapt. Yeah. And surprisingly, um, I look at that and look at, how lucky I've been to have this all my life because I haven't had to adapt really um, consciously. He did. Yeah. But yeah, honestly, I look at it a different way because I look at how I've grown because I'm aware of it, you know, because when I was younger, I wasn't really aware of the kind of trials I was going through. I wasn't aware of how different I really was. Yeah. But as I grew up, I kind of started realizing that more and more and, how much I've grown because of what Heavenly Father has given me. What have you learned from this affliction? Well, I've learned that um, trials like these can actually better me in a way. So have you seen the hand of God watching over you and your family and turning this to be a blessing? Before I had any of the knee surgeries, my knees would kind of buckle in, so it was hard for me to walk, you know? It was hard for me to keep balance at all. But what happened was the the surgeons that were going to give me the surgery said that they could do this to correct that. So they worked on it, and unfortunately, some of the equipment they used was infected, which we didn't know at the time. Oh, dear. But we, after we got home from the surgery, this was in Minneapolis, and we lived in North Dakota. We got home from the surgery, and we didn't realize that until a couple days until very soon after. I'm actually not aware of how much time passed. All I'm aware is of what happened that night, actually, or the night that it actually happened. Because I remember feeling like I had a lot of pain in my knees, or my right knee specifically. So it was making me feel bad. So I went upstairs to hope, with the hope that I could sleep it off. And unfortunately, that didn't work out. I started crying and this was at an age when I usually didn't cry. I was eight years old and it was, all I remember is it was very painful for me. And my dad actually heard me and he came in and well, before he actually gave me what we in our religion call blessing. And before I go on, I'm actually a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And we have this, we believe that, that some male members of the, of our faith hold this power called the pre, or have access to this power called the priesthood power. And it is the power to call upon God. And my dad used this power to basically get me through the night. 
and I don't remember anything after that. Because after, right after he did that, apparently I fell right asleep. That's wonderful. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I'm sure your family has had to exercise faith a lot yeah. for you, and that you've had to exercise a lot of faith throughout the years. Yeah. How have you seen the hand of God blessing your family in the midst of this affliction? Well, that's actually interesting. Because what I was thinking of actually doesn't really relate to my affliction at all. It actually reflects to how my dad receives personal revelation for our family, too. So he was in the Air Force. I know I've already mentioned that because of the homeschooling thing. But he was in the Air Force for a number of years during my childhood. And he, in North Dakota, he actually made the decision to pull out. But during that decision, it was actually very hard for him because we actually had a pretty good life. There were a lot of perks that came with being in the Air Force. You know, we got access to good health care for me and for my siblings. And my dad got paid really well. He was very well compensated for his work. And he was fairly happy with it. And if he had continued, he could have gone into retirement. He got this impression to leave, like it was right for him to leave, and he um, told all of us, he he told all of us after he had prayed about it for a while, he, usually the first thing he does when he gets an impression like that is he goes to the Lord in prayer, and he asks him how, what kind of thing he wants him to do, and my dad is very close to the Spirit, actually. And I think, surprisingly, I think it was this affliction that brought him closer. He had prayed to the Lord about it, and he had to approach all of us about it, because this was a very big change for all of us. So he um, came to us about it and told us what he had been doing. And the thing was, we were too young to understand at the time how big of a kind of thing this was. So we... As kids all just trusted that our dad knew what was best for the family. And he told us he was making the decision to leave and we were all backing him. In the end, and in the end, it was actually the best thing for us. Um, we were able to stay in one home for more than four years. And we grew up, we went to the same middle school for the majority of our lives. And there was a bit, there was really good security for our location. We were able to you know, make a lot of friends, you know, friends that I still keep in touch with. And I was able to go to a college with the security, secure knowledge that I'd be able to know where my parents are going. It sounds like it was a wonderful blessing. For those listening today, what counsel would you leave with them, Colton? Well, I would just tell them that um, trials can definitely be a blessing if we look at them the right way. And it takes a lot of faith to be able to do that. And you should never look at your disability or any kind of physical or mental trial as any kind of hold, anything holding you back. Because in a way, it is, it is very much propelling you forward as you seek to become more charitable, more more outwardly going towards your fellow men. 
That is so beautiful. I love that, that it's propelling you forward. <laughs> that is great advice for all of us today. We all come into this world with some kind of disability, handicap, or weakness, or just find ourselves lacking in something. But the good news is that those things, like you said, are not to hold us back. They're to help us. They're to propel us forward. If we turn to the Savior and need Him, He will help us see the spiritual gifts that we have been given, the compensating blessings. And if we look for them, we'll find them, like your music. I love listening to you play. That is such a beautiful compensating gift. And Colton has spiritual compensating gifts. What he lacks in his body, he makes up for in his spirit. He is so positive, happy, and kind. He just radiates. And he is a testimony that God loves us and will help us through whatever our trials are. Thank you for being with us today, Colton. My pleasure. (laughs) Thank you for listening. If there was a name that came into your mind while listening, I hope that you will share this podcast and strive to be a blessing to them. Our podcast next week will be from the podcast series, Joy in Heroes. Our guest will be Lisa Sommerfeld. She will tell us about one of her heroes. I look forward to seeing you then. Have a great week. I hope you will join us next time. For more inspiration, join me at FindingJoyInPeace.com. Until then, thank you for listening. May God bless you as you strive to create more joy and peace in your homes and in the world around you.